offering. Um, remember that the at this every Saturday at the end of the month, I know Pastor Denny brought it up. That's when we have our meetings. It's just once a month, and we want everybody there. We've got children's um, set. Brittany actually watches all the kids. We have a meal at 10 o'clock. We have our deacons meeting at nine, but the, there's a meal at 10. The women's meeting, then the men's meeting break up while the children are being taught and watched. So you, there's no reason why you can't be here. Um, and that's why we want to have all the meetings on that day, too. That's why there's a sound meeting or a media meeting, or that's why the children's church meeting's on that day. We bring everybody together instead of having a meeting every Sunday after church or something happening. So make sure that you're there, and the women are starting a brand-new book called Your Spectacular Mind. And the men, we're going to go through a, a book on revival and the revival fires that are going to, that have begun in this church, and after today that you are going to be so saturated with, you're going to, we're going to pour fuel on you today and continue to pour fuel on you. And over the next course of this year, we're going to pour more fuel on you. So when the fires of God touch that fuel, you're going to be tender and ready and dry as far as fuel goes, not dry as far as learning, but have the fuel of God on you. So that's important. That, that day is important. So. Remember that, it's only a couple weeks, and then the hallelujah night. Father God, we just thank you for the children. We thank you for Children's Church. We thank you, Father God, that you're going to touch the children. Father, that's our future, and we just put blessings on each of the children, blessings on the children's ministry, and blessings on the teachers. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everybody said? Children, you are released. Blessings on you all. There they go. Hallelujah. (laughs) Okay, adults, you got a little more room. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That's been good. God has been good. Amen. And, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, while the children are leaving, I, God gave me a parable, and he gave me this download of this parable, and I read it to you, and I left it with, so what's, how's this parable going to end? And um, so I'm going to talk about the end of that parable today, if that's all right with you all, and we're going to talk about normal Christianity a little more today. And we're going to get a picture of what's happening around the world and what's happening and what's going to be happening in this church and what's going to be happening in your families and in this northwest Michigan area. Amen? Amen. See, God has an ever-increasing kingdom. It's ever-increasing. And the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. And yes, Jesus Christ is going to come back. And yes, there'll be some dark days and there'll be battles we lose and battles we win, but the ultimate war is one by Jesus Christ, when, and he's going to return to this earth and rule and reign for a thousand years over this earth. And what was set up to be the Garden of Eden back when we were given that as man will encircle this entire earth, hallelujah, again, under the King Jesus and under us ruling and reigning with him. So we are his ambassadors right now, sent to this earth, where every place our, the sole of our foot touches is his kingdom. Amen? Empowered with the king's word, the king's armies. So before I pray, I'm going to read that parable once again to you. That's all right. Some of you have got copies of it. But this download of this parable that he gave me was very important, I think, at this time of our church history and in, in this area of Benzie County and Manistee County, Grand Traverse County. God gave me this download at this time, and he's saying this is what's happening. And I'm just going to read it again. Jesus, of course, always talked in parables. Once upon a time, in a kingdom very close at hand, there was a king named the Great I Am. He was a good and kind ruler, beloved of all his kingdom. 
His kingdom was vast and covered many lands and people. His people lived knowing their king loved them and cared for their welfare and even made them part of his own family. However, there was also an evil dark prince who lived near the kingdom. And his greatest desire was to disrupt the peace that the king I am had established. The dark prince would attack the villagers, cause calamity, murder, steal, and destroy the cops and livestock and take captive many. This dark prince knew that he was no match for the king I am directly, but he could hurt the heart of the king by harming his dear kingdom children and keeping many others from entering into the kingdom of the great I am. The king I am determined to empower his kingdom children to stand up to the dark prince, so he gave them the greatest weapon a king, um, a king could possibly give, all the power and authority of his name. This meant that every attack on the one of the King I Am's kingdom children was the same as a direct attack against the king himself. This also meant that each of the kingdom children had full authority and power to command the, and direct the king's resources and armies and fight the dark prince wherever and whenever they needed. Hallelujah. At first, this delegated authority worked wonderfully. The dark prince was driven back farther and farther every day. Captives were being freed, and the light of the king's children shined bright. Over time, however, many of the kingdom children forgot what it meant to be given the king's name, authority, and power. They longed, they no longer understood how to use the weapon to protect their communities, their families, to rescue the captives, to destroy the work of the dark prince. Every once in a great while, a kingdom child would rise up from among them and seem like out of nowhere with the understanding on how to use the king's authority and power and rout the dark prince. Hallelujah. These individuals would revive the power of the delegated authority. They were given the name revivalist. But the revivalists were discouraged by this name because they desired to see all the kingdom children rise up and take back the powerful weapon of the great King I Am. You see, the power and authority of the King I Am in them was meant to be used by all the kingdom children rather than just a select few. And last week I said, well, how does this story end? Will the kingdom children, con or two weeks ago, will the kingdom children continue to live powerless lives of defeat while hoping that revivalists would arise and perhaps save them? Will the dark prince continue to plunder and destroy without resistance rising up against uh, him? Or will the kingdom children learn how, again how to use the power and authority given to them from the king I am to defeat the dark prince and save those that the dark prince have taken captive? I'm going to give you the answer to that today. Father God, we just thank you, Lord, that you have given us the power and authority of Jesus' name, that you've given us all the heavenly gifts out of the heavenlies in Ephesians 1.3 in the name of Jesus Christ to be used for building your kingdom and your power and your glory, that you have touched each and every one by your Holy Spirit. And the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in each one of them. And I say, arise, children of God. It's time to arise. And Father, I ask that you touch them today in such a mighty way that the fire, revival fires, 
that we sang about would begin to burn so bright that they would be seen as lights in this world. And the dark prince will be driven back and we will usher in the great king to take his place to rule and reign on this earth. We will become a bride glorious without spot or wrinkle. A warrior bride ushering in the bridegroom. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Woo! <laughs> I tell you, worship is good. But there's something, there's something that's been stirring up in me, and I can't, words don't, I can't get words out, English words out, to understand or say them. But there's something stirring, something big. And I know that in America, this parable is true right now, that America, Christianity is kind of going this way. And in Europe, Christianity is going this way. But when things are at the darkest, that's when, remember, the darkest before the dawn. We're set up in this United States and in Europe for the greatest revival man has ever seen. But I want to share something with you that's already started and already beginning to happen. But before I do, I just wanted to share a few things about normal because we were talking about normal Christianity, not average Christianity. Average is low level, what the average church is doing today, no strength, no fire. Average Christianity in the United States is there. Normal Christianity, as described in the Bible, is normal is sustained by a continual transformation into the image of Christ, as it says in 2 Corinthians 3.18. Normal is not perfection, but normal is the pursuit of Jesus Christ and allowing the Holy Spirit to work in us and take us to that place. Normal is saying yes to God in every season and every situation in your life. Hallelujah. Normal is praying for the sick and the tormented and the broken and believing that the power of the Holy Spirit in you will raise them up in the mighty name of Jesus because Jesus commanded us to heal the sick and raise the dead, cast out demons, heal the lepers. Come on, that's normal. Normal is stewarding the deposit of the divine God deposited in us through the Holy Spirit. Come on. <laughs> and I want to just share with you, I know I shared it with you a couple weeks ago, Leviticus chapter 6, verse 12. The fire on the altar shall be kept burning, and it shall not go out. We are that altar. This is the place where the Holy Spirit lives. And the fire in this altar should not go out, and it should be kept burning. So today we're going to make sure that the fire of the altar, if it hasn't been burning bright, that we're going to throw some fuel on that fire, and we're going to have fire there's going to be fire. Matter of fact, in the revival back in um, the time of um, Azusa Street, they would have meetings, and the fire department would come because smoke was coming out of the building. Visible smoke was coming out of the building. Yeah. And I, I don't know why God manifests that way and does things that, that way. We're not after the manifestations. We're after God, amen? But when we're after God, stuff starts manifesting. That's really crazy. So the fire department would be called several times because the place would look like it's on fire. The smoke would be so thick in the place that the kids could play hide-and-seek in the smoke. Come on, come on. We need some, some Holy Spirit fire to start burning in this place. We need the fire department to be calling this place because the fire of God is so hot that it's manifesting physically and that people will see it. 
when, G, when Moses got in the presence of God, it manifested physically, and he burned bright for God. Come on, we are lights of the world. Why do you think, why would we be called lights? Because we're burning bright for God, because the fire of God is within us. Amen? So I'm going to, I want you to get that, oh, cool. You guys are almost ready for that. I want to make sure that's buffered, though. So, you know, a lot of things that happen on these things, why that we don't get these things working is because we got so many people with their cell phones, and when their cell phone's connected to the Internet here. Um, so usually what I should have said earlier is put your phones on airplane mode while you're in the service and then put turn it back. And what will happen is when we're buffering these things, because we don't have this super fast Internet. But you know what? God can change that, too. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start here soon by showing you a video and showing you what's happening in the world because in the United States we got problems but God is the one who takes care of problems. In Europe they got problems but I'm going to tell you what's happening across the globe right now. Revival fires are beginning to break out over the last 10 to 15 years things have been just going crazy for Christ all over the world. Do you know by tomorrow morning when you wake up by tomorrow morning when you wake up, there'll be 175,000 new Christians in the world. 175,000 new Christians every single day. Over 20,000 new Christians every single day in China. Over 30,000. South America's having a great revival. We don't see this on TV. We don't hear about it. 30,000 a day in South America. There are more... Pentecostal Christians meeting on Sunday morning than there are Catholics now in South America. South America used to be 95% Catholic. Nothing against Catholicism. Come on. All over the world. They, I was talking to Dr. Leon. Dr. Leon says within the next two to five years, there'll be hundreds of millions of Christians in India. Hundreds of millions of Christians in India. Come on, not just, I'm not saying thousands, hundreds of millions. So something huge is going on all around the world. What I'd like to do is just show you um, a video of one country called in Nigeria, in Africa, what's happening in one country through a German preacher named Reinhard Bonnke. So if we could turn that on and see if we can get, the, what's that? Is it going to work? <laughs> it's going to work in the name of Jesus.
punishment for your sins and the punishment for my sins. Come on, that's just one nation. That's just in Nigeria. That just started in 1999 when the gospel was opened up into Nigeria. 75 million under one ministry <laughs> Christians. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give God a clap offering. Come on, the, the cross could not hold Jesus. He's victorious, and he sits at the right hand of the Father right now, ever living to make intercession for you. What's happening in the United States will be changed by someone like you. This is normal Christianity, what's going on. He has an ever-increasing ever kingdom. And he's coming back to a beautiful bride that's mature and is doing her work. Come on, it's time for us in this church to rise up. 
What's happening over there should be happening here also. This nation needs to be turned around, and it's going to be turned around by those living the lights and having the light of the fire of Jesus burning in them and touching this United States and in Europe. Come on. United States needs a touch of Jesus Christ. That's the answer for United States. This church needs a touch of Jesus Christ and the fire of God. Your family needs a touch. Come on. I'm sick of hearing people giving excuses of why they can't do the work. Oh, I don't feel good. Oh, I, I got something to do. I got to go golfing. Oh, I got to go do this. Quit putting yourself above your commission and your destiny and purpose. It's time to rise up, church. It's time to rise up. You were born for such a time as this, and it's time to rise in it. Come on. This isn't just Nigeria that this is happening, and it's happening all over the world. It says, we are to be called the blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom we shine as lights in the world, holding fast to our word of life. That's Philippians chapter 2, verses 15 and 16. Verses 15 and 16. Come on. Spiritually speaking, instead of digging graveyards for the church and for yourself and for your families and all this negative nonsense that comes out of our mouths, we should be building hospitals for the new babies spiritually that are going to be coming. Hallelujah. Come on. We need to build. We need to build spiritually. And it starts with each of us individually. The answer to what's going to happen to those people once they get a hold of who they are in Christ again, once they understand why they've been placed on this earth and who they are and what family they're from, and why he's put such great love down to us and made us his own children. And what our purpose and design is. And quit living in this world. This United States will change. Normal Christianity is stewarding the deposit of the divine purpose that's been put into us. And allowing the Holy Spirit's fire to burn within us. And touch our families. Touch this nation. Touch this church. Touch this community. And touch the area that we've been put into. Amen? Amen. It's expected. That's normal. Nor that's normal Christianity. Some of you are looking at me like, you're getting a little bit radical here. No. That's normal. It's normal. Come on. We need some normal back into, into the church. Let me just go through a few things here. And let, that's just Nigeria. How about raising the dead? Raising the dead. David Hogan. Uh, anybody heard of his ministry? Over 400 people have been raised by the dead through his ministry in the Guatemala, Mexico area, Freedom Ministries. It's normal. Uh, by the way, when Jesus walked, I think there was three people raised from the dead, including his resurrection, four greater works. Didn't he say we would do greater works? Over 400 people raised from the dead in one ministry, and it's normal. Now they've stopped counting. Matter of fact, to become deacons in some of the churches down there in Mexico, you had to, they had a qualification. You had to at least raise one person from the dead. That's normal Christianity. And, you know, and we have a hard time praying for somebody who's got a hangnail. <laughs> Heidi Baker's ministry. How many of you heard of Heidi Baker? Heidi Baker, 53 people raised from the dead in her ministry. And those that have been watching the Randy Clark DVD series, uh, Power to Heal, you know, Heidi Baker was burnt out, and Randy Clark laid hands on her. She 
got on fire for God, there was an impartation that happened in her, and she went back to Mozambique, and the word for her was, you'll have hundreds of churches and thousands saved, and then she came back, and the word was, you'll have thousands of churches and millions saved, you'll have the nation of Mozambique. Right now, the nation of Mozambique is flipping because of Irish ministries over there. And I'm going to tell you, millions saved. Millions saved. I don't think you guys got it. Of course, what well, if you saw that? And, and one week's service in Nigeria, Reinhard Bonnke's ministry, um, th- over three and a half million saved. Come on. This is what's happening. Now, here's the other thing that's happening I want to tell you. Radical Islam is rising at a little bit faster rate. Within the next two to five years, there's going to be a, something's going to happen. Either they're going to continue to grow or Christianity is going to continue to grow. But there's going to be something because by the year 2035, which isn't too far from now, that's what, nine years? 2035? No. How many years is that? 19 years? 2035. I'm not doing my math good. Anyway, by the year 2035, if we continue to grow like this, Christianity, every person on the face of the earth will be a Christian. That's not too far away. (laughs) If Christianity continues to grow the way it's growing right now, Whew, somebody's got to praise God for that. Um, by the way, radical Islam is growing that quickly too. And if it goes unchecked, it will actually be one year before Christianity that every person on the... So something, one of those two's got to stop growing fast. Duh, we know which one needs to stop growing fast, don't we? So again, um, Heidi Baker... She, oh, she, she gets on fire for God. She's, she's a burnout missionary, her and Roland Baker. Matter of fact, remember Roland? We've, we've talked to them. We've actually lay, had them lay hands on us. Roland Baker comes back from the mission field. His wife has MRSA or some type of thing. They say she's going to die. They put her in the hospital, Heidi Baker. They say you will not live. Heidi Baker checks herself out of the hospital, goes into the Toronto Airport Blessing revival that's happening over there, gets saturated in the revival, comes to a conference the next day that we're at and gets down on her knees and hears the message. The message was her just talking to God. And there was no, I mean, what happened was everybody in the place just got radically touched by God because of the anointing was so thick and so heavy. She goes back and all these things are happening in that ministry. But her husband was so funny. He's, here's worship going on. i got to tell you the story. We're, we're standing in worship, and we're worshiping the Lord, and it's thick in worship. And he comes over, and he looks at me, and he gives me this smile. And all of a sudden, he just starts touching people, and they all start falling over. People are going over like dominoes all over the place in the worship. People falling, hitting another person, hitting another, boom, 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 all over the place. He starts going through the crowd, touching all the people. They're all getting radically touched. And he's touching their feet after they're on the ground. And I didn't get it at first. Come on, what is, what is the anointing on the feet that preach the, wherever they go and when they preach the gospel of the kingdom? And he was, it, it sounds radical, it sounds weird. He was getting them, he was, the anointing was touching them and he was hitting them with that anointing that had gotten on them. Come on, missionaries were sent out of that place all over the world. I see in this church, and I said it before, and I'll say it again, that people will be flying into Traverse City 
and coming to this church, this church, Cornerstone, to be refreshed, to be revived, and touch, get touched by the revival that's happening here and being sent back out. See, it's not about the manifestations or even the revival or even the church services that are happening during the revival. It's what happens when they get sent out. And what is the result? And I see results. Come on, you guys aren't here for a social club. You're here because you know there's something big that's going to take place. And we need to begin. I don't want to talk about it anymore. I want to see it. And I don't want to just see it. We all want to be part of it. I prophesied over Anna several times. Anna, how old are you? Is it all right to ask that? 84, that there was an Anna in the temple that said that she will live in the temple until she sees Jesus Christ. Remember Anna, the story? And she got to see Jesus Christ come into the earth. And I keep telling her, you will see the revival. You will see the inflowing of the Jesus Christ into this church. You'll be part of the revival that comes. Come on. I believe it. I believe it. And again, we're only as close to God as we want to be. Let's go through a couple more. Um, Leif, Leif um, Hartland, again, those that were watching Power to Heal, we've seen him. This, I'm using names that we've talked to people. We know we actually met him. Um, he was a Baptist pastor that didn't believe in the signs and gifts. Randy Clark lays hands on him. Boom, he goes out in the spirit, gets, a, gets the anointing. And he gets this anointing to go into Muslim countries, in particular Pakistan. And what happens is the son of one of the Pakistani, what do you call those, the mullahs or whatever, is dying. And Leaf lays hands on the son, the son rises up and lives. So now he's got favor and all through Pakistan and all through Iran and Iraq and then that area. One million Muslims have come to Christ because of him. One million Muslims in Pakistan and in Iran and Iraq. He's in a place where they're supposed to be killing him for talking about Jesus. Come on. Come on. <laughs> I think he was just on Sid Roth, too. Wasn't Anyway, if you guys watch that, you can. Um, that's one million Muslims. Again, in talking to Dr. Leon, he said hundreds of millions in India. It's been set up. A divine setup. God, God's on the move. And he's looking for those whose heart is true to him. He's looking for those who are going to lay down all the stuff of the flesh and get on board with what he's doing. God's moving. And our church, your family, you need to get on board with where he's going and go with him. Amen? <laughs> Revival. We don't want some revivalists all the time to come in and whip us all up. Revivalist is a state of your heart where it should be always going on. Again, let me read. I'm going to read Leviticus 6 again to you. Leviticus 6, verse 12. The fire on the altar shall be kept burning on it, and it shall not go out. The fire of your altar should not go out. Let me give you some things about average and about normal Christianity that maybe I can help break some stuff off you. And I'm going to take a topic. Okay, the topic is Christianity, average Christianity. When it hears of revival, it thinks that some spontaneous thing that God is ushering in for just a particular season. Normal Christianity, revival is a lifestyle. 
I'm sick of trying to say, oh, send this big revival fire or this revivalist. It's a lifestyle. If you want revival, start living it. People will be attracted to you. And revival will break out all around you, wherever you go. Come on, that's why when they brought all the sick people out to Peter, and every time his shadow touched them, they were healed. He was so heavy and so thick with it. <laughs> the presence of God that it just leaked out, touched others. So again, revival is a lifestyle. You want revival? Don't look for revivalists, though it's okay to get around revivalists. Matter of fact, it's good to get around those people. There's nothing wrong with revivalists. It's a good thing. But instead of looking to them, become one. It's a lifestyle. Here's another topic. When we look at love, average Christianity looks at it as it's something that we earn and something that is a performance-based thing. Normal Christianity looks at it as unconditional for God so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten son while we were still yet sinners. And God has put on us all of himself. It's not performance. It's unconditionally been given to you. You don't have to earn it. You just have to receive it and accept it and allow his spirit to rule and reign in you. That's the difference between religion love, normal Christianity love. Let me give you another one, your identity. Most people look at themselves as slaves. Somehow that we're slaves. Somehow we got to do certain things and we're like, if we do this and that and these things and that we're enslaved into the religion. But normal Christianity looks at it as you're a child of the living God. That you've been bought with a price of the blood of Christ. That you are his friend. Come on, big difference. How do you... How do you look at these things? Another one, your conscience. This is a big one. This is a huge one. The average Christian looks at their conscience and they look at it as condemning. Well, I can't do that. You don't understand what I've been through. You don't know the sins I have. You don't know the physical problems I have. That's condemning and that's from the devil. That's not from God. And that's where the average, unfortunately, religion person lives and they wonder why they can't get through normal Christianity says this I am cleansed by the blood of Jesus and I am totally righteous and no matter what's happening in my physical body God sees me as righteous in his eyes that's normal Christianity that's normal where's your thought pattern at in that area prayer area of prayer Average Christianity, weak, wimpy prayers. Try to get people to a prayer meeting. Oh, I don't want to go there. Matter of fact, I don't want to go because I might have to say something flowery and it might have to be the thousand days and all that stuff. Normal Christianity is our prayers are powerful, authoritative, and they don't have to be long stories. It's just go in Jesus' name. I command you to leave in Jesus' name. Cancer, leave. You foul spirit of hell, leave in Jesus' name. Come, Holy Spirit. That's prayer. That's prayer. And prayer isn't a monologue. Prayer is a dialogue where you're listening and hearing from the king of the universe. That's normal Christianity prayer. You don't have to get all, and thou says the Lord, hallelujah, 
thank you, Lord. You know, when I was 27 years old, and, I, and they go off in the story, and then about 40 minutes later, they're still praying. That's not prayer, and that turns people off. So when they hear that stuff and see that stuff, it turns them off to prayer meetings of the, of the church. Our prayer meetings should be bold, on fire, and right to the point. <laughs> Women in leadership. We got... Um, radical Islam that wants to destroy women completely. Women in leadership in, in the right role is all through the Bible. But in the average church, it's male chauvinists. In the normal Christianity, it's equality, honoring, and there's roles. And God said he made man and woman to create not man and man. But anyway, that's another. Here's another one. I can go on and on. I got 30 or 40 of them. End times. Here's, here's the end times look of the average church. The end times. Negative, fearful. It's all going to hell in a handbasket. So we can all just, I can't wait. You know, you see the bumper stickers. Hallelujah, I'm flying away soon. And you talk to a lot of Christians, and especially of certain doctrines, and they're not into touching people for Christ, they're into getting out of here. And the mentality is, is I'm getting out of here real quick. Hallelujah. This whole world is going down. Normal Christianity is, I'm here as an ambassador for the king of the universe, and I'm ushering in the king. And yeah, he's coming back. And yeah, there's going to be some tough times even before he comes back. But I know that I've got his power in me. So it's optimistic and victorious because we know the end of the book. Come on, we've got to get our mentality shifted. And when our mentality shifts and our mind shifts and we, this mega shift happens within this brain and we understand who we are, this nation will be turned around. Amen? Amen. Most revivals start with just a couple and just a few. I'm going to read from Andrew Murray. He says, a true revival means nothing less than a revolution casting out the spirit of worldliness and selfishness and making God and his love triumph in the heart and life. In your heart and life, who is triumphing? Who's running your heart and life? No matter where you go, God is with you. Amen? I want to see, I want to see what we're seeing in Nigeria happen in this nation. And yeah, that was cool that we had a, went out to Werfel Park and, you know, we had a couple thousand Christians there. But it shouldn't be a couple thousand. It should be a couple million. It should be packed out. There shouldn't be a place big enough to hold us. When we line up for Right to Life and, and we line up, we should be able to touch from Benzie County all the way into Grand Traverse County come on, 120 or 30 Christians come out there. What in the world's going on? It's because we as Christians in America have gotten other things that are more important than Jesus. And until you let the fire of God come and burn that stuff away. I could go on and on and on about these stories of revival and some of the things that happen. I mean, look at just in, in this church, yeah, we've seen some things. We've seen backs heal. We've seen cancer heal. We've seen miracles, and they're happening. But what I want to 
see is Jesus Christ lifted up and glorified, soul saved, and normal Christianity breaking out so that when we come together in a service like this, that it's going to be a very rare occasion that someone is not healed and that it is not saved. That would be the rare thing, that these things would not happen for some reason. That would be rare. Instead of like getting all excited because, hallelujah, we got one person that got healed uh, two weeks ago. Or you hear the story of like 10 years ago when this happened. You know what? It's not about the past. It's about now. And I want to see the fire of God happening now in this place. Come on. Somebody's got to get this. It doesn't take many. I'm going to begin to close. I, I believe I'm going to close. Could I have um, the worship team uh, come on up? And we're just going to close. Because I think what's going to happen here, the Lord's showing me, is activation. Activation is a key. What happened to, again, in the book of Acts was they were activated. Remember what in the book of Acts? How many got saved at the book of, in the book of Acts? 3,000. That was pretty cool. 3,000 one setting. We just saw 3,400. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Greater works. Greater works. It's real. But it's only as real as you let it be. The answer to every one of the questions that were asked and, and what's going to happen to this nation lies with you. Will you allow the Holy Spirit of the living God to burn the fire within you right now? A holy fire to begin to burn. Such a holy fire that I want you to stand up. I'm going to read Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6 verses 11, 13 in the first person over you. And then I want to put some, some other things I just want to prophesy over you. But I've written this verse down. It says, I want you to repeat after me in this verse because it starts with death. Usually fire comes to burn off the flesh. And it starts with us laying down our sin first. Everybody wants to have revival and fire, but nobody wants repentance. And it starts with us repenting. The reason why we're not in a state of revival is because we're blocking it. So we need to first repent. We need to be broken before the face of God and repent fervently that revival isn't happening. It's not a lifestyle for me. Why? I am, Father, I lay myself at your fire, on your altar. So I'm going to read these words of Romans chapter 6. I want you to repeat them if you want fire, if you want him. Repeat after me. Likewise, I count myself to be truly dead to sin but to alive to God through Christ Jesus my Lord. Therefore I will not let sin reign in my mortal body that I should obey its lusts. I yield myself, my members, my instruments to God as one alive from the dead and my members and instruments to righteousness of God. Father, right now I release an impartation over each and every one here. I release your power. Father, I say come in the mighty name of Jesus. Release your power on each and every one. Let them be repentant of their dead works. Let them get 
refocused, re-energized. Let the fires come in this place right now. Come, Holy Spirit, bring fire. Bring fire in this place right now. I cry out for your revival fires. And I want to have those that are on the prayer team to kind of come up here right now, different folks on the prayer team. And the prayer today is fire. Fire. We want fire. The reason why when we leave here that this doesn't last is because you've quenched the fuel. You've quenched the Holy Spirit. I say, alive, Holy Spirit. Alive in each and every one of them. Show yourself real. And as they begin to quench that fire, Lord, let them see. Let them see what they're doing. I'm going to ask folks to come up, and we're going to pray fire into you. A new, fresh fire. We're going to pray fuel for that fire into you right now. Let the fuel of the fire of God begin to burn in each and every one. If you want some fresh fuel, if you want fresh fuel, if you want fresh fire, come on up. Fire. Fire.